If you're not reaching your financial potential, you're going it alone as a solopreneur, or you're lacking fulfillment and meaning in your life, then this podcast is for you. In each and every episode, Rock helps you create breakthroughs and results so you can live life on your terms. So get ready to unleash more money, time, and magic in your life. Here's your host, Rock Thomas. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening. My name is Rock Thomas. I'm the host of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life podcast. And you might be wondering, why do I do this every single week? Why do I interview people and talk about the importance of money? Well, I'm here to help you create financial freedom and fulfillment, the whole life millionaire. If you're working harder than ever before and not seeing any progress, you're not alone. If you don't have a supportive environment or network to raise your personal standards of success, you're not alone. But I would like to invite you to jump on a call with somebody on my team so you can change all of that. Just head over to rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call and learn how you can take your life and business to the next level by being in the right environment, surrounded by the right people and with the right strategies. So go ahead, rockthomas.com forward slash VIP call, and let's start taking your life to the next level today. This time, I'm going to bring you something completely different. Riggs Eckleberry is uniquely qualified to ride the huge wave of do-it-yourself water treatment that is transforming industry, which is really a niche, right? He's learned through management in this nonprofit space and captain on ocean-going ships and achieved several tech successes during the dot-com boom. So you might be wondering, what? Water, etc. Riggs came to the water industry from a quarter century in high technology, specializing in commercializing breakthrough technologies. And as we go through this COVID pandemic, it's really inter- interesting to understand what are some of the commodities that are going to be affected? How are you going to be affected by what's happening in retail, the changes with industry, and the fact that part of the way we're adapting is to become less of a consumer society. If we work more from home, there's not such a need for makeup or new clothing. And this is shifting the way that the world is gonna operate. So Riggs is gonna give you an insight as to what's happening below the surface of the earth with his years of experience. So I'm thrilled to share this conversation with you. So let's get to it. It is a thrill to have you here, Riggs. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing really well. Personally, I, I, I worry about the, the world economy, but who doesn't these days, right? <laughs> well, let's dive right into that because you come from it from a, uh, you know, a, a perspective that is not the typical you're of a com- commodities perspective. And that mm-hmm. is usually, from my layman's experience, is probably the telltale sign of what's to come because you're before the wave. Does that make sense? Unquestionably, it's it's um, you know. And as I was telling you before the interview, we 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 were noted, we were like really concerned on January 29th uh, about uh, what was going to happen to the world economy, which is already tipping into recession at the time, as you know. But then there was this uh, this shock wave of of an entire province of China shutting down for a month. Um, that was nothing compared to what followed. So what do you think now that you're, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty? but where do you think, you know, where have we come and where are we headed to right now? Well, of course, we came from uh, a lot of neglect 
of our infrastructure, especially water, since 1960. Um, the government who was responsible for water, for water infrastructure has failed its task. Um, federal uh, subsidies to municipalities for water have dropped by 78%. Municipalities also, on the same time, requirements to increase treatment of arsenic, this, that, and the other thing have increased, and they've been caught in the middle. So as a result, you get places like uh, the city of Compton, California, which is where I was, I was living in Los Angeles until June. Um, you know, what, they got brown water all of a sudden. They said, what's going on? And the, the, the water district said, well, you, you haven't voted any money for us in years, so what do you expect? So, so the cities and governments uh, have been failing at their job uh, and nothing has replaced it. And so there's um, a growing shortage of good water. And that's an interesting situation. And it parallels what I think is a growing shortage in all commodities. Uh, take a look at oil, for example, gone from 400 rigs to 100 rigs. Well, eventually that's not enough uh, production and you end up with this weird situation of a uh, shortage of essential commodities. Tell me about that, <clears throat> the oil from 400 rigs to 100 rigs. What does that mean? Well, of course, you know, uh, prices crashed. And so what they do, the first thing they do is they, they shut down uh, in the Permian and so forth. And so you have a um, natural contraction. Well, the recovery from the contraction is, does not happen overnight. So um, let, let, let's back up a little bit. Um, this economy, I was, at, I was walking through uh, Dillard's yesterday and there was nobody in Dillard's, right? There was nobody. And I realized um, this is a massive change in habits. 42% of all workers in America are working permanently from home. It's crazy. So, so this is a massive change. And I think we're being trained to not consume. Why would I go get some cosmetics or, or a, yes. a repair of new jeans? I've got decent jeans. You know, my wife's got decent cosmetics. So the, the feeling that you gotta keep, we're, we're breaking the habit of compulsive consumption, which is good, I guess, except that there's a lot of people who rely on that in this economy. And America is the number one consuming economy in the world. So what does that mean? Uh, fundamental habits have been changed dramatically. Um, do we don't, we think, you know, a staycation is not bad. Um, Airbnb is reporting that all the vacations are local and they're overbooked, but they're not far, right? People don't go, well, they can't go far for starters, but um, so it's, it's, a, it's a total change in, in consuming habits, which means a deflation of demand. So consumer deflation of demand, which means that for now, we don't have inflation, right? Um, trillions of dollars being thrown into the economy, no inflation, why? Because deflation of demand. But creeping up behind it is the fact that farming capacity has been reduced. Uh, as I said, petroleum, water, all these things. Um, there's been dramatic increases in the prices of water. Austin had an increase of 134% of its water prices because water prices are not regulated. They can do anything they want, right? So these are background things that, that in the 2022-2024 uh, time period, perhaps earlier, are going to dramatically increase inflation of basic goods. And people are going to be, oh my gosh, I cannot pay for food, water, et cetera. So these are uh, tough situations that we have to recognize are happening. 
Um, and what's kind of interesting is, Rock, it's a tale of two cities. There's a bunch of people who are like, I'm good, I can work from home, never stopped, I'm all good. And then there's a bunch of other people like, no, I have to go out and fix things or you know, serve food or whatever. I have to do physical things and their lives are catastrophic. So we actually are doing something about that, but that's the situation. Wow, what a fascinating conversation because the cities are empty, many of them because people are working from home. The restaurants in the cities, the retail outlets are empty and there is a desire as humans to connect and to belong and to be part of something. So what is your best guess as to where the shift of resources, money, momentum is going to go? Because I know that I've looked at the stock market and there's a company called Overstock that sells patio furniture. Sure. Their stock was at $5 at the beginning of the pandemic. It went all the way up to $130. Zoom stock went from 100 to 400. Sure. Some of the, the companies that are benefiting from, from COVID are going through the roof. And obviously some people are getting very wealthy. But will it last? Will it go back? And how will it go back? What do you think is going to happen, let's say, in the retail sector? The physical retail, we've been, we're being retrained to not physically shop. And uh, now it's, it's, not, it's not uniform. What is happening is, for example, um, this shirt that I'm wearing, I bought it a couple of weekends ago at the Untucket store at, at a Tampa, the International Mall in Tampa. And that mall was busy on that Sunday, um, but then during the week they're empty. So there, there, there is activity, especially with brands that are new, right? Then you go into a department store and it's dead. So I would right. say that any, you know, I like to say that the virus made everything chronic acute. If it was gonna happen, Neiman, Neiman Marcus mm-hmm. was gonna close down eventually anyway. Well, mm-hmm. it happened this year, that's it, mm-hmm. right? So you these the sort of, um, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies of that. I was, you know, I was in the dot com and we felt the world was going to change. Well, it took from the nineties to the twenties for it really to happen. And the trigger was a pandemic, which I guess nobody ever saw coming, but the trend was there, right? The trend was there away from, um, you know, everything uh, physical and more towards the virtual. So it's interesting that I think everything's become accelerated. I like that chronic to acute. Um, We've gone like my mother who's 83. I bought her four cell phones. She never wanted to use them. Mm -hmm. And now she's FaceTiming and Zooming me all the time and loving it. And she's like, why didn't we do this before? I go, mom, what do you mean? Why didn't we do this before? Because it wasn't a pandemic and you weren't forced to. And I've been trying to get you to do that. And I've benefited from not schlepping toilet paper and bottles of water to the house. I just now order them and I'm like, this is fantastic. I love it. So our behaviors are shifting. I think some of them will shift permanently. Yes. The industrial space now, Amazon apparently is opening up 1,000 to 1,500 locations to compete with Walmart and Target that have also competed with Amazon in that they're delivering And I think we're going to have a new society where a lot of people will just now be delivering things to the doors same day, no longer two days like Amazon, same day, you get your toilet paper and sparkling water on the same day. And we'll be doing other things. The question though is if I don't have to shop and I get stuff online 
And if I don't, it doesn't fit me, I can return it, which is fine. Industrial space, I believe, is going to skyrocket. But what are we going to be doing with our time if we're not going to the shopping malls and we're not necessarily consuming at the same pace? We don't need to go to the offices and wear the makeup and look as good. There's going to be a shift. We're still going to want to spend the money. Are we going to become more experiential people and go rock climbing and things like that? What are your thoughts? Well, there is, there is a boom in leisure. I, I keep, all my friends keep buying all these. I, I see it all the time. It's like right. that's a booming space, right? Uh, boats. I have a friend who's a yacht broker in Marina del Rey, and he's selling 65-foot boats like they're popcorn. It's ridiculous. So uh, there's certain people do want to have fun. And I think you're right. Going back to basics, uh, going hiking in the Adirondacks, things like that. They're available. Nobody complains that I'm not social distancing out on a mountain. So that's, these are safe things to do. We'll see more of them, I'm sure. Uh, road trips, that kind of thing. So, you know, what, what I'm more concerned about, Rocket, is the basic commodities, right? And we are, Origin Clear, my company, we're in water. And what we've seen, I, I came out of high tech, so I was interested in disruption. And for a long story that I won't bore you with, I ended up running a water company that's public and trying to change things because I'm a disruptor, that's what I do, and finding that the water industry does not want to be changed. And it's, but it's just getting worse and worse gradually. So what do we do? And that's where January, February for us was intense because we realized we had to do something and we attacked the most important part of it, of course, which is if you can't change the monolithic, if you can't change the big, change the small, right? So there's a trend towards people doing self-treatment, a brewery that, that wants to increase its capacity finds the local water district says, nope, don't have the capacity, never will, goodbye, you know, truck it somewhere else. And they instead buy, the, you know, build their own self-treatment system. And now they're independent and they can recycle, all kinds of good things happen. And so now all of a sudden you have independent water independence, micro utilities, right? Then, Brock, we took it the next level. I think this is where there's gonna be a lot of innovation in this marketplace with 80,000 businesses have closed forever according to Yelp this year in the US alone, of which 60,000 are small businesses. What happens to all these entrepreneurs? And I think the number is far greater. All these entrepreneurs are gonna to wanna to do something and they are going to go into new spaces. Maybe they'll start selling on Amazon, sure. But we in the water industry could use a lot of what we call micro utilities. Well, instead of just us trying to do it, let's make it a business opportunity for all these entrepreneurs to pick up you know, to get machines because we do easy financing. Okay, great. Now go out there and sell these things. And now we deploy a lot of small water companies. And I think that is exciting and different. And we're going to see a lot of this kind of different models. And with it comes a different investing model. And this is where we come back to the money story. The stock market equities by themselves are a very dicey proposition. I am I've set, I've set stops on, on all my stocks. I'm like, oh my God, things are just going to tip over. So this paranoia and rightfully so. Um, you know, interest rates suck. I won't go through the whole litany. But what does work is that there are corporate bonds with good yield that some of them are, like ours, are convertible to stock if and when the stock goes up. And so you get a good yield instrument that has a potential for upside. And I think that more and more of this kind of innovative investing model um, we use that money to capitalize those machines that the entrepreneurs take out into the marketplace. 
it's kind of a virtuous circle. So more and more funding really outside the Wall Street game. So that's the kind of stuff that's going on is new jobs, new opportunities. And then people who take advantage of that, I think are going to do well. I have two questions for you on that. Go ahead. One is just explain a little bit what you mean by the water business for, for us, because that's it's a very large um, conversation. So bring it down to what it is specifically for you. And the second question is, how do you feel, maybe start with this, how do you feel about the fact that there's a ton of uncertainty in the air today? People are reinventing themselves. People mm -hmm. are forced to learn new businesses. Somebody's done the restaurant business for 30 or 40 years and, and now that business is you know, gone or a gym or retail example. Right. How much uncertainty can this generation handle without getting depressed or falling apart or having domestic violence? And then the second question is around the water. What does that mean, the water, you know, industry? Okay. Well, just, you know, I do think there's a real danger of uh, mental health. I think it's why the lockdown was insane, but that's, that's a personal opinion. Um, but people, I think eventually they rise to the occasion. If they, if they had a business, they'll create another business. Now, will it be heartbreaking? I had a business failure in the eighties and it took me years to personally get my confidence back. So that's a tough one, but eventually you got to do something, right? So I, I think that, that, you know, the cream rises to the top, uh, people in general will get back into the, the marketplace, but let's talk quickly about water. Um, if you go to the Environmental Working Group website, ewg.org, you will put in your zip code and you find out what's in your water and you'll go, oh my gosh, my water is not great. Now, the municipality will say, well, I'm, we're delivering water to the requirements and it's true that it will not immediately kill you, right? It doesn't have typhus and stuff in it. It's disinfected, but it has all kinds of weird things that whatever, it, it's not a good picture. So we have to more and more take responsibility for water ourselves, water purification incoming, and also treating the wastewater because more and more businesses are being told by the municipalities, give us treated water, don't give us dirty water, we can't handle it. So failure of infrastructure. I think, Brock, that the biggest problem in America is that years ago we became a pure consuming um, in, in, uh, economy, stopped manufacturing, stopped uh, building infrastructure and kind of just coasted, right? We're just like, hey, we'll consume, people will sell stuff to consume. And by the way, the manufacturing is somewhere else. You know, tried to build a high-speed railway in California. Now nah, we'll just do the self-driving car. Why? Because the freeway is already there. So why not just do the self-driving car? Makes sense in a way, but it's also a symptom that we've, we've moved away from that ability to do things ourselves. And I think that's the biggest shift in the economy is away from consumption because we're definitely being retrained to consume less to more basic building and construction. But the, it's gonna be micro infrastructure. Look at Fort Lauderdale, Look, well, the Miami-Dade has over 100,000 septic tanks because they never bothered to build sewage systems when they were expanding back in the 20s. Well, you can do local, you can just give a rebate for each one of those locations to create a self-treatment system. So more and more local responsibility, uh, building your own stuff, your own solar system, your own, it's all going down to a self-reliance thing, which is in a way kind of refreshing. Yeah. The government's no longer doing things for us, which we thought they would do in the 50s. Now, like, eh, I don't think so. 
Well, you know, I have a home in Arizona and we, we expanded our garden and we literally started to get about 80, I'm a vegan, so about 80% of our food came from our own backyard. And it was refreshing and it was nice and it was good to connect with the earth. And think about the transformation that could happen if more people did that. I own a few real estate companies and what we're seeing is people leaving the cities and going out in high demand for rural areas, for bigger properties, for getting away from you know, being on top of each other and in the elevators, et cetera. And I actually think that's a good thing for the human spirit. What are your thoughts on that? No, no, I think that the, uh, the, the move to the exurbia, the rural is a good thing. It's been, you know, again, there's been pioneers who, you know, hey, I can, I can be a stockbroker from Billings, Montana. Boom, right. done, right? Uh, I'll just get up early. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing that, that has been a trend already. But now again, it's become an acute thing um, in my area of Tampa. Oh my gosh, the, the real estate is going nuts. People are buying sight unseen, you know that. Bergen yep. County in New Jersey, all those places. So um, this is interesting, uh, but none of those places have decent diesel sewage. There's already 26 million septic tanks in America. And when they put up a new house out there in Bergen County, typically it has a septic tank. Well, those septic tanks fail. They have their own virus and bacteria problems. They pollute the groundwater. We have to move away from them, and it's happening. The, um, you know, the government will not fund. Um, will, the FHA won't give uh, a loan if your septic tank isn't at least X, I think, 100 yards, 50 yards, some distance from your home. Well, a lot of plots just aren't that big, and so so there's a need to go to more and more innovation. So in a way. You know, we're, we're spreading out into the, the exurbia, but we're also polluting the exurbia. We better do something about that. And I think the opportunity is there now. So you're right, um, but I do worry about the cities because my wife loves New York City. There's a picture of her just in Times Square that I keep in my camera roll of her just grinning from ear to ear, right? Because it's, uh, it's happening, right? And I don't know if we're ready for that, but it's gonna happen. You know, it seems like every time I think that we're going to handle a problem, whether it be going from oil to, say, solar, at least in my mind, um, us humans are so good at recreating different problems and the sewage problem and then the different types of noise pollution and now AI coming in and the effects it ha is having. Or if you've seen the movie Social Dilemma, it right. talks about the impact of this information and our own little worlds that are caused by the algorithms. And I'm looking at dogs and at canoeing and you're looking at, you know, the, the galaxy and real estate. And at some point in time, it's, it's going to be interesting how all these worlds collide. But like you said, humans will adapt and opportunities will be abound. And we could probably talk about this for the whole day, but we're getting to the end of the show. And I'm just really grateful that you were able to shed some light on this because it's interesting to see it from your percent, like your lens, mm -hmm. which is literally, I'm gonna say underground, <laughs> right? <laughs> With the water systems and the sewage systems and that knowledge you have, that for a person like me or people listening on this podcast are not thinking about we're like really oblivious to it. So what can anybody do? What can somebody do to contribute to make, to move this forward as a society? 
Well, uh, Rock, I'm going to give the easy answer, which is that um, you know our, my company, Origin Clear, offers a yield instrument that's in the double digits, um, both for the accredited investors, the one percent, but also for the rest of us. Um, and uh, so you know you don't have to prove you're accredited. So we have these offerings, uh, and um, we're delighted to you know people first of all can get you know make 10 percent per year in a zero percent marketplace that's pretty good um and also have upsides we welcome them because we're taking that money and and giving entrepreneurs a new chance at a life in the water and and uh you know we we're creating success stories as i speak so delighted to have people come to originclear.com there's big invest now things but most important of all do join me for my briefing which you'll get a little pop-up to invite and invite uh, uh, your, your listeners to watch if they go to originclear.com because this conversation is continued on my weekly briefings that's awesome so we will have all that information in the show notes so that people can have their ear to the ground and a lot of people don't know where to invest money that is going to give them more than three or 5%. So this creates a conversation that's possible around that. So it's originclear.com, correct? Exactly. Okay. Well, Riggs Ecclesbury, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your wisdom with us. I really appreciate it. And for those of you that are listening, you know, our job here is to rock your money so you can rock your life and live life on your terms and hopefully have lots of good clean water and don't poop in your own backyard. Rock, thank you so much. All right, cheers. We'll see you guys on the next podcast. So that's it for today's episode of Rock Your Money, Rock Your Life. Head on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show. Then head on over to rockyourmoneyrockyourlife.com and pick up a copy of Rock's free gift so you too can reach your financial potential, enjoy extraordinary success, and live the life you've imagined. Join us on the next episode.